Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only play. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they've built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. I'm Emily Laster, and on this show, Lauren and I interview Mignon Francois of the Cupcake Collection. Mignon discusses how she's built a multi-million dollar business just by taking the first step to start making cupcakes in her kitchen. She also shares with us how she now gives back to her community by very intentionally investing in her employees and teaching them skills that set them up for success in the business world. Welcome to Wealth Edit Wednesday. We're so excited today because we have Franc- wait, Mignon Francois. I knew I was like, wait, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to say Francois Mignon. But anyway, from the Cupcake Collection, she I've been a huge fan of hers for such a long time. We followed the Cupcake Collection basically since the Wealth Edit existed. And yes. we love cupcakes and we just love what you've built. And then once we so of course I reached out to her on Instagram and I said, will you please talk to our Wealth Edit members? And she said, yes. And then once we had the pre-call with her, we realized that her story was so much deeper and so much richer than we could have ever imagined. So we're just so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us and being part of our little squad this morning. So yes. thank you. We're so Thank you for so having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Well, we're so excited. And you know, I got to have um, a pre-call with Mignon and just like didn't want to get off. So I'm excited for y'all to hear her story. So why don't you just start off this morning, just kind of telling us a little bit about, a little bit about you and then kind of how the business has developed. So um, my name is Mignon Francois, you know, with a name like mine, I always thought that I would be famous because I thought that God shouldn't waste this fabulous name on nobody knowing it. (laughs) I had to do my due diligence to make my name great, but great for what I didn't know. When we moved to Nashville, Tennessee, we were coming here for a better life for our children. And as soon as we got here, everything that brought us here fell through. And so we, we were drowning in debt and brokenness. Even even the, when we moved into our apartment here, I was like, God, I only want to live in an apartment for one year. I, I'm tired of living in apartments. I want to give my children a home. And just nothing seemed Did you hear anything I said? Well, you got to do it again. I'm so sorry. We were trying to mute people so we could hear you, and we muted you. What did you hear me say? And I know Tanisha. Just, last okay. thing you said, the last thing I heard is that you moved to Nashville to create a better life for your family. Oh, and great. I thought I was muted the whole time. Okay, <laughs> yeah, not laugh so we moved to Nashville to create a better life for our children. But as soon as we got here, everything that we came here for fell through. Um, we we had picked this little house out in North Nashville because it reminded us of New Orleans where we're from. And uh, it rained more on the inside than it did on the outside, but they were offering something that we could afford. And that was owner financing with no money down. And I thought, you know, you could just go in here and say, okay, I'll take that. I didn't know that you had to kind of qualify for that too. I see that I'm frozen. Can you still hear me? We can still yeah, hear we can you. Still hear okay. You. Um, and so I didn't know that you had to, you know, qualify for that too. And so, um, 
I just, I just thought that as broken down and dilapidated as the house was, that they were going to be just excited for anybody to just take it off their hands and not so. The, the owner of the house was like, lady, restaurants want to build here. There's going to be a restaurant in this place. And I thought, no way, there's not going to be a restaurant in this place. Nobody's going to want this place. Little did I know that he was speaking prophetically to me. There was going to be a restaurant in this place and it was going to be my restaurant, but I didn't have any money. I didn't have any credit. I didn't have any knowledge of the business. I didn't even know how to bake. So it, so years went by of us, you know, living in the house, almost losing the house. It was on November, 2008, when after working two years, like a job before I ever opened a store that we, we were opening the store knowing that we were going to lose our house at foreclosure in December. But I believed that if God is who he says he is, he can do what he says he can do. And so, um, and so we opened um, on November the 9th, 2000, 2008. And we opened to what I thought was going to be a whole bunch of people in line and things like that. I thought because I had put a little three by three sign out that people were going to come and they didn't. <laughs> and I, I thought that, you know, it was going to be that that's all you had to do to get people coming. And, you know, friends came at first and such like that. And I was making like $17 a day. And I was like, God, God, is this what you called me into? And I, I remember one day my ex-husband called on the phone to check on me to see how the day was going. And I fixed my mouth to complain, to say, man, I've been working so hard like this and I make all this product every day and nobody's coming. But just as soon as I fixed my mouth to say those words, I changed my perspective and I said, well, you know what, whatever comes, God knows about it. It's not a surprise to him. So I'm just going to keep sitting here until it happens. It seemed like my life turned around in that moment when I realized that it wasn't me who was in control, that it was God who was in control and he was going to decide whether or not I would be successful. It was there that we stopped having $17 days and we went to $50 days and then $100 days and then thousand dollar days um all going with what I had in my hand every day what I want people to know is that you don't have to have all the things you think you need to start a business you will need those things one day but you don't need them for the day that you open so I opened that store with a dorm size refrigerator and a KitchenAid mixer because that's what I could afford and that would pass code and that would keep the temperature of the things that I was making and the volume that I was doing. Yes, I was going to need a, a commercial refrigerator, but that came, you know, months later. Yes, I was going to need commercial size mixers, but that came, you know, many months later. Now I could sit on the inside of a, you know, of a mixer. And if we wanted to play hide and seek in a refrigerator, we probably could. And we really <laughs> wanted to. Uh, but that, you know, that's what I want people to know that 
you will need those things, but you don't need them for today. And as somebody would buy cupcakes, I would buy a spoon. And as they would buy cupcakes, I would buy a bowl. But it was the first custom, the first really large order that we got with my neighbor knocking on the door. I was sitting in my house with no electricity because I couldn't afford it. And um, this was just prior to the store opening. And she asked me why I was sitting in the dark. And I said, because I'm meditating, <laughs> duh. <laughs> and she was like, well, I'll let you get back to what you were doing, but I just want to place an order for cupcakes. There's going to be 600 cupcakes. She wanted to give them to all of her clients for the holiday season. And I was like, oh, okay. She could see a little sense of you know, hesitation in me. And she said, listen, as you make them, I'll pay you. Well, what she didn't know was as she knocked on the door, I was sitting in the dark doing the baby steps plan that Dave Ramsey has where you put money in envelopes and pay off the little bills at a time and sort of snowball them. And I didn't have enough to make anything happen and I only had $5 left and I hadn't fed my family. We were a family of eight. And I just thought, well, I'm from New Orleans. We're gonna eat red beans and we'll sprinkle some ramen noodles here and there. And when she knocked on the door, all I had available to me to even take advantage of the order she was giving me was that $5. So I had to make a decision in that moment to gamble on eating for the week or feeding my family for a legacy. But I didn't know that at the time that that's the decision I was making. So after she left with her proposition, I closed the door and I said, God, really? You give me this opportunity when I have no money? And I felt God say, but I feed birds and they don't toil over anything. They don't store up in barns. And the flowers as beautiful as they are are here today and gone tomorrow. And so I put on my shoes and I walked around the corner to the Kroger that's located a few blocks from my house and I bought everything I could buy with that $5 and I turned it into 60 that night. And I took that 60 and to turned it into 600 by the end of the week and I've been flipping that same money for the last 12 years. We sold over 5 million cupcakes um, and now we are not only providing you know, food for our family, but we're also feeding college students and helping them to graduate and walk across stages. We um, just, when the pandemic hit, we were about to give away our largest scholarship um, to a business student and then the pandemic happened. Um, so we're looking forward to doing that as the world opens back up again. But I believe it's just a testament to a mantra that has become my life. And that is speak what you seek till you see what you said. Oh, I love that. Well, and I love, you know, one of the things that you said that I think like all of us could relate to on so many different levels is that you know, when you do, you, when you do, you, you speak what you see, you speak what you see, and you feel as if you have to be completely prepared to do it. And that like, you just have to take that first step. And that's scary for sure. But um, I think as women, we feel like we need to be experts. I know I've, I've felt that in my own life as I've changed careers and moved forward. And it's like, actually, you just have to do today. Like, yeah, step you know what I, I, I love saying that Taking one step in any direction is called starting. Yes. That's that's what it takes to start. 
one step in any direction, whether that is, you know, I'm going to, you know, I was wearing braids in my hair and I wanted to take my braids out. And it started with clipping one braid out of my head. And then the next thing you know, my hair, you know, I came in the house and my grandbaby says, you're back with your old hair, <laughs> you know, like it, it just took one step of me taking one braid down. And next thing I know, I had taken all the braids out and I was just so overwhelmed with taking all the braids down. You see all this hair, you know, and this is like undoing all of that. I just didn't want to do it. But next thing you know, I had accomplished what I set out. That was such a little small example, but I believe that's the way that the, like, um, I heard Magic Johnson say this, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So if you're lazy about taking out the trash, you're going to be lazy about whatever you do. If right. you're if you're diligent about being about starting your business or creating wealth, you're going to be diligent at going to your job every day or diligent about reading because that's what you say you want to do or however you do anything is how you do everything. And so I just think moving towards it in any capacity is called starting. Yes. And, and I want to think we make things so big. You well, know? and I think that that's, I think, uh, and I don't know if men do this or not, but like, I think as women, we just, we really do think everything has to be in place before we start. And that's just not true. I mean, it's the perfect example. And I think that that's so true of finances too. And you've done such a beautiful job of explaining how, and this is how we try to run the wealth at it too. It's like, we don't buy something unless we have the dollars in our account to do it. I mean, now there are business cases and there's businesses all over the country that use leverage and we deal with them every day in our private practice. And you know what, they're up and running and they're doing, they're doing great. We have just chosen in our little startup world to say, okay, if we have $10 and this costs 11, we're going to have to wait till we have $11. I mean, it's just the way it is for us. And I think that you've proven that that kind of discipline and starting small, there is something really, really beautiful in starting small, because then you can grow into what you were supposed to become rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to be a $10 million cupcake business. So I better get everything I need in order to be a $10 million cupcake business. I think that's where that disappointment comes in that you're talking about where it's like, oh, but I sold $17 worth of cupcakes. And then it becomes kind of this reverse cycle that just doesn't have to be. You know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that there's something that happens in the discipline of, of waiting. Yeah. You know, because if I, I could have grown my business a lot faster, there were other cupcake places that were starting at the same time that I started. And a lot of those places are now gone. Yes. And, and, and we're still standing. I think that it, it's been a wonderful thing to be, uh, to have your cash flow be strong so that in times that are lean, listen, I opened this during a recession. Mm -hmm. So with no, no knowledge, no, no experience, you know, in the middle of a recession, all the things you're supposed to have in order to make a business work, I didn't have. And, <laughs> and then knowing that I just started this for filtered money. <laughs> I started it for filtered money 
so that I could have filtered money for my kids. My daughter was a senior and I wanted to pay her senior dues because I wanted her to have everything all the other kids had. And a little did I know was it gonna not just give her filtered money, it was gonna, you know, put money in mother's pockets to also provide filtered money. So I didn't know how big, how much filtered money I was really asking for. <laughs> but I, I wasn't just asking for filtered money for myself. Yeah. So I think that also is be careful what you say, because you just might get it. You know, God does that with Emily all the time, actually. Oh, it's, really funny. it's wild. And you know what? I Kind of to your point about it's like you never know what God's going to do and you're feeling, you know, pulled in a direction. And it's interesting. I, I mean, I've thought about this before, but just as you're saying it, it's bringing it to mind again. It's like by making like by not spending money you don't have. So like just following the flow of like the natural organic growth of where you're feeling led can also then it begins to it opens up the freedom to then move and like it's like you can move and morph in the in the directions that you need to go to meet that success you're not tied to a business plan you're not tied to paying off debt you're just there and I mean I know Lauren and I approach the wealth edit like this especially kind of to your point in a pandemic where yeah, we saw everything crumble. We're like, well, our business plan just went in the trash. We yeah. have to just start again. And so now we found ourselves on this journey of just like, all right, like we're feeling called to do this and we're just going to keep taking the next step, the next mm -hmm. right step. And, but because if we're making the right financial decisions, it allows us to, to follow that path that may not be what we initially set out mm -hmm. to do. But, you know, it's because what I love what you said was, I, well, there goes our business plan, yeah. but God's plan still is on track. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that he knew this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a surprise to him. So while you were following your plan and you think you made mistakes or you think you messed it up, actually those things were necessary. You know, if, for those who don't know my story, I was going to college you know, studying science because I wanted to be a physician, but I couldn't apply the science to the human body and I felt like a failure. Here I had this scholarship. I was at this illustrious um, HBCU called Xavier University and I wanted to go, you know, to a big, amazing medical school and I just couldn't keep my science grades together and I felt like a failure and I didn't know how to get it done. But here I was standing in my kitchen 17 years later and I understood why I had to take that path because it was gonna be food that I could apply the science to. But had I not gone through science 17 years ago, I wouldn't know that, that all of this was about was chemical reactions. I, I couldn't understand what balancing equations was about, but having a good recipe is about it being imbalanced chemically. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to start making my own recipes from that, from that point on. I did have a mentor in my grandmother who right. didn't have recipes of her own, but would say, pitch this and do that and scoop that with your hands. And, you know, she had 
ingredients that didn't even exist in the grocery store anymore. She's like, I don't know what y'all call it today, child. I think y'all call it this or, you know, that. And, and it was how I began to make the recipe and realize that what she, you know, how sometimes grandma is a little off, you know, like grandma doesn't hit it perfectly every single time. It's like, oh, it was better the last time you made grandma. But if you're making a business out of that, it needs to be consistently the same. And so I learned how to scientifically create what we have here today. So that's why I tell people all the time, I'm not a baker, I'm a scientist. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I want to talk to you about because you built this beautiful business in Nashville and then you expanded. So tell us about how you thought about when to do that, why to do that, how to do it, all of it, if you wouldn't mind. We started seeing a lot of recognition. We were getting national press. We were beginning to be ranked nationally. And because I had lived on so much less and we were becoming debt free, I, when I paid off all my student loans, um, I, I got free, like truly freedom. And I saw my sisters drowning in debt and wanting something. And I picked up the phone and I called the sister that's just under me. And I said, if I taught you how to fish, would you fish? And she was like, for the rest of my life, I would fish. And she was in tears at the thought of learning how to do this business with me. So I said, if I came to New Orleans and showed you how to do this, would you do it? And she said, yes. And she has been my most diligent partner in helping to have the same experience in one city you know, to the next, because it then became important to us that we we extend our family legacy and our name and it came down to the way my hands look so i have these big bulky hands you know they're not feminine at all um and i hated my hands all my life but when our grandmother passed away our other grandmother not the one that taught me when our other grandmother passed away and i went to her funeral and for the first time i noticed her hands and they were my hands so all along, I thought I had these manly hands that nobody else has that I could not see in any of my other siblings. I saw them in my father, but I saw them in my grandmother's hands and I had my grandmother's hands. There's a song about grandma's hands. Mm -hmm. And so I started to realize that all of this stuff that was happening to me had been happening for me that God had given me these hands because he knew that he could trust me to put this in my hands and that I wouldn't keep it to myself, that I would use them to make a way for the rest of my siblings to walk through as well. And we, we actually went back well, when we buried our grandmother last year, we went back to Terrio, Louisiana, where our, my maiden name um, comes from, the plantation where our family um, our family name begins. And we went back to the plantation, asked Siri to lead us over there. We ended up in the middle of an operating sugarcane field that was being picked at the harvested at the time by machines. And we looked at the landscape of the place and we sat there in this beating wet, humid sun and we looked at each other and was like, literally, we walked onto this plantation like 
we belonged or owned it. Um, as if saying that we didn't ask for permission to be here. We just walked on it, drove our cars right onto it. And standing at the stop sign in the middle of this plantation, I began to realize that somebody died so that I could live. They, somebody toiled so that I could have life more abundantly. And that her name, nobody knows. Nobody knows what she went through. Nobody knows who she is. We barely even can trace our lineage, but because of who we are, we get to redeem the time and we get to make her name known by being excellent in our names. So you may never know her name, but you will know my name because I will be great. And I will take this family legacy and I will make something of it. And so it became, it became what we had to breathe, sleep and eat in order to be successful because there were women who came before us who probably could have had the same fame. They could have had the same wealth. They could have had that opportunity, but it wasn't afforded to them. So we had a big responsibility in our hands to do something incredible and amazing because somebody died in order to make a way for us. So that's why our legacy building is so important that we can't just stop here. We, the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So I tell my kids all the time, I'm not leaving you nothing. It's all for my <laughs> grandbabies. <laughs> so yeah, that was going to be my next question. So how do you instill this? I mean, I just love everything you said. And, and how do you teach your daughters this? How do you teach your son? Do you have sons and daughters? I have sons and daughters, yes. Okay. I have four boys and I have three girls. Oh, wow. um, and they they work in the business or have worked in the business. And those that don't work in the business have been recruited away from the business. So yeah. their job is to uh, level up. Like, you know, my, I always want to be standing at the foot of the ladder of success. Since I've climbed up there and I see that the sky is the limit that you could really break that ceiling. When you look back down, it wasn't so hard. Whatever you had to get through or go through wasn't so hard to get to where you're going. So I love saying that I stand at the base of that ladder of success and I hold it so that they can climb safely. And so the way that I teach it is my granddaughters, they have jobs here at the Cupcake Collection. They are six and eight. They've been working here or being a part of the operation for all the, their lives they've ever known. They would get out of kindergarten and come in. They are learning inventory. Um, it's one of them knows how to expertly scoop cupcakes and is even learning how to ice cupcakes. So they're, they're learning the operation. So they learn about making money. They learn how, um, we, we bought them this banking system from, um, knowledge bank and they, they save a little, they give a little, and then they have a little to spend. So we're even teaching them tithing. And we're teaching them to be generous with what it is that they work for. So not only to receive, but also to give. And that's the way that I'm trying to keep it alive in my, in my children. And you're also just giving them the confidence of your belief in them. Like yeah. from the very beginning. And just like, just feel, I see the, so many young people today that 
it's just, you know, life is, is such a blur. Everything's so busy and it's like from activity to activity and helping them like, you got to do this so you can be on this team or make these grades so you can get to college. And, you know, it's all of that where instead of just like sitting them down and just saying you are valuable and there's so much you can do with what God's given you. And it's just to like watch your life unfold with like great expectation because the Lord promises he's going to use us all for his good every single one of us and you know I tell my girls that all the time I mean the things that you think are your biggest weaknesses will most likely end up being your greatest strengths and yes <laughs> and yes. I just I, I hear you too it's like putting them in the store and being like I believe in you you can get this now you don't have to do this but I hope that everything that I'm teaching you is just building you up and preparing you for this world, giving them a modern skill set. We talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Women, these, you know, we're going to be expected. Our kids are expected to have this modern skill set of understanding business and money and how to use it and how to give back. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, one, I think that brings me to thinking about women and how we, you know, a lot of times when we are the caregiver at home and, you know, I was a stay at home mom before, this ever happened to me. Um, and I say happened to me, happened for me. Um, Cause I'm not smart enough to have thought of all of this. God had to put this in my head and I was obedient to go wherever he led me. But, you know, a lot of times we discount what we're doing at home as meet as meaningful work that's valuable in the workplace. And I think it makes us even more valuable in the workplace. And it's like, I, I love to tell people, like, look at what you've been doing at home as you think about re-entering the workplace that can be useful. And what I realized I was doing, raising all the children I raised, is that I was developing talent. Mm -hmm. And so now I develop talent on a much grander scale, but I got the skills in the school of hard knocks you know, right, right in it's banging really on doors, waking them up, getting them ready. For <laughs> it's school. a great school. It's a good uh, school. I said, it's a good school. <laughs> it's a good, it's the best school to graduate from. <laughs> I think that you pay more for that education. Though. <laughs> it does. It comes at a great cost, but it does pay off. Yes. So, well, that is, that is really amazing. I love this so much. And we can't, we're so lucky we get to meet Mignon next week. Which I know, really we're coming about. To sit at your feet. We are. We have so I many cupcakes. Look what came in the mail. Hey. Your cupcakes. Oh my gosh. I am just so enthused that you got your cupcakes in time for us to talk, that we shipped them all those miles and they look like they just walked out of the kitchen here at the bakery. They look perfect. They are perfect. We had some yesterday for our team because we're like coming up on a year with some of our teammates. So we shared some with them, but we saved some of these for us. Yeah. But um, anyway, <laughs> okay, so tell our people how they can they can ship cupcakes to themselves wherever they are. Do you ship? Oh, yes. It's really simple to do with just a couple of clicks. Jump on thecupcakecollection.com. And we ship our cupcakes through our partnership with FedEx. And so um, they, they only travel for two days, but it takes a couple of days for us to get those orders in, process them, and then they're off to your house. So we bake them fresh, we place your order, we prepare them for shipping, and then they travel to you between one and two days uh, frozen. 
And they're perfect. They are perfect. <laughs> they really, really are. Yeah. It's so the fresh out of the bakery so well we we want to we're, we'll ask you one more question but we wanted to say anyone who has a question for Mignon just put it in the chat box if you've used Zoom before there's a there's a chat feature at the bottom and I'm sure you would be are you willing to answer questions I would love to yeah perfect I do see there's something down in the chat right now Oh, yes, KJ said, happy Wednesday. I'm so thankful for this Zoom. And we're thankful for it, too. So thank really. Thank you. So, and I'm thankful that you guys spent the time with me today. I promise God that if you would make me successful, I would tell anybody who would listen about what they could do if they believe. And you're just helping me keep my promise to God. So thank you. Awesome. We love that. All right. So we asked everybody at the end of the call, like, why did you say yes to the wealth edit? And you may have just answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what it is I truly believe that somebody out there is just like me who thinks that they don't have what it takes that they think that they got to have money that they think they've got to have their education first that they think that their children have to grow up first and all the things that have to do I read statistics that said 96 percent of Americans are waiting for something for some big event in order to start living and I just believe that you could start right now. Yes, you're going to miss some stuff. You know, I missed some things, but it was all to give my family a better existence in the end. And it was better for me to do it while they were small, because a lot of it that we struggled, they don't even remember. You know, now they just live these privileged lives that are hinged on a lot of hard work. And that's the greatest thing that I've taught my children that work is required of you. Nothing is going to come easy and nothing is going to come free. If it was, then everybody would be doing it. So if Adam and Eve, if you believe in Christianity in the Bible, then you believe in the story of Adam and Eve. And the first thing that they were told to do in the best existence of all time was go and work. Mm -hmm. they had to go and name the animals they had to go and take care of them and so if they had to work then surely I have to as well I love that my kids sometimes look right well so and so got this and so I said I don't know about them or their families but our family our people like we just have to work hard that's yes. just yeah, that's just uh, that's our lot in life like we just gotta work for it I don't know what to say you know yeah but we do. and I think that's you know I, I, what I love about God um, is that he showed us in the creation story, the ultimate in product creativity um, <laughs> and in production and in entrepreneurship. For six days, he labored over his product. Mm -hmm. And then on the seventh one, he sat back and looked at it and said, that was good. And in the <laughs> process of, of making what he did, he upgraded his invention by making a woman. And here we are today. I love, I love that. So fun. Um, okay, we have a couple of questions. The first is when did you first start? At, when you first started, how did you market yourself? Um, so that oh, that's such a good question. When I first started, um, my son uh was 15 years old, and my children would come home after school and they would work for the tips. Whatever the tips were in the tip jar, I would give it to them because I didn't have money to pay them. Um, and so one of the things that we made was some little cards on cardboard paper, uh, cardstock paper that we went down to the Kinko's to print and they couldn't 
we they couldn't go home, which was on the other side of the bakery door because we lived and worked in the same location. They couldn't go home and like go to sleep and be done for the day until all the cupcakes were gone. So he took these little cards. He went down to the restaurant that's six houses down, it's called Monell's, and they always have a big crowd waiting outside to get a table. He asked the owner if he could pass out his flyers there. And so he would go down there and invite those people to come and have a cupcake while they waited. And uh, he would say, my mom makes the best cupcakes in the neighborhood. And then they became, my mom makes the best cupcakes in the city. Then it was, my mom makes the best cupcakes in the state and eventually became the world. And so little did I know that he was also speaking prophetically for me, just like the man who sold me this house. Yeah. Um, that a restaurant would be here. My son said that they were going to be the best cupcakes in the world. And so there's a huge festival that is um, in our neighborhood every year. It's called Oktoberfest, and it brings thousands of people into the neighborhood. I think it's like 25, 30,000 people over the weekend. And they will go out with pans, with samples. I just think about the current climate we live in nobody's gonna eat anything that's just like out on a pan but yeah. they will go through the crowds with samples of cupcakes and give those away and di direct people back over here so him and his other high school friends they were that that's how they started getting people over here and we ended up with that same concept putting them on our cupcake bus when they graduated to get them to college. And they did that same concept across the East Coast from Nashville to New York City, selling cupcakes to buy books, to pay for dorms, to get computers for their first year in college. And now I'm really proud to watch what they have become as they have graduated from college now. That is That's a amazing. great answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> I love story. it. That's so good. Uh, thank you for sharing that. All right. And our second one is, do you have a mentor? And if so, how did you find them? Oh, yeah, I have a mentor. And I, I wouldn't just say that I have one. Um, mm -hmm. I believe that you should never be the smartest person in the room. And so, I, you know, when I come in, I just come in the way that I am, like big smile, big hair, bright colors, because that's that's authentically who I am. And it makes people willing to talk to me because I don't know what I'm supposed to say. So I just say what I think, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think I'm ever politically correct or, you know, I don't wear the right thing to the ball, you know? And I think that draws people to me who, who say to me, Hey, I have something that I think that you could use. Um, so I'm currently um, blessed to be mentored by some very big um, individuals. I, I got mentorship from um, Damon John recently, um, from Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and I'm currently in a, one, a cohort with Donald Miller, who um, I was a huge fan of his work with StoryBrand and Business Made Simple. So he offers this program where you can you know, go to businessmadesimple.com and learn how to get your degree from the School of Hard Knocks, you know, with a $20 investment in this book. And so I get to sit at his feet uh, once a month in person and um, every two weeks over Zoom and talk about business and what we need to do to grow it. And one of those coaches within that group was also a mentor of mine who's the president of a Cisco brand company that does um, 
distribution of produce. And he was like, I've got plenty of ideas about, you know, how you should be doing. Let's, let's talk. And so he meets with me once a week. And so what I'm saying is when you're authentically yourself, people will recognize what you're doing and they will find you even if you don't go out to seek them out because your gifts will make room for you. I love that. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that's a good, yes. that's a great answer. It's a wonderful answer. Well, we can't wait to have cupcakes later and think of you and then meet you next week. We're so excited. Anyone who's from New Orleans, y'all just let us know. We'll, we'll give you an invite. Yeah. Come and, on with us. All right. And I feel like I have to read this last comment to close this. Somebody just said, I want to tell you that you are a godsend to me. I've been thinking and praying about starting a baking business. Somehow you appeared on my YouTube one day. So I clicked on the video and have been listening to you since. You're very encouraging. By faith, I started my cookie business last week and now I'm working on my second order today. Thank you for sharing your testimony. all you needed to see was somebody else doing it like this is me always being so transparent about my business and you know some people say why would you tell so many people you know so much stuff of, you know I, it's not so you can get in my business it's so that you can be about your own business mm -hmm. so that you can be about starting where you are to get to where you want to be and you'll never get there if you don't just start and so I'm so grateful for you and I'm I'm so grateful for the wealth edit and I'm just so grateful for the platform. And I just truly believe that if God has given me this platform, what use is it if I never bring anybody else on stage? Mm -hmm. And I just want to open up the stage for other people so that they can perform in the way that God has called them to. And I'm so happy for your cookies and I hope one day I get to have some. That's right. <laughs> Thank e you. I want some too. Email us the link so that we can check out the cookies. We want to make an order. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. Um, Thank you, Mignon, so much. This has been such a blessing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I, you know, this is why I don't wear lots of makeup, especially around my eyes. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we cannot wait to meet you in person and have you back again. We need a round two. Yeah, we do. Thank you so right. much. Bye. See you next week. Next week. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content.